1: Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Someday I should wear my Nico shirt and you should wear your shirt. We'll fight.
0: It's time for a completely unnecessary podcast for Wednesday, August 26, 2015. This is... The- Kind of the two-year two-year anniversary of the show. Was it, the 53rd episode? I think it's the 53rd, but it's been like two years. Yeah. So it almost works out exactly correctly in terms of the calendar. Wow. Well, alongside Ian Ferguson, who somehow survived the two years, I'm Pat Contry, I'm almost surviving it. We have lots of stuff to talk about on this show. Konami sending out a survey asking their fans, what games do you want to see us make? Let Gear- us
1: lick your boots.
0: Gearbox winning the rights to Duke Nukem. Once and for all, YouTube gaming launches. Uh, a guy gets the wrong game from GameStop in the mail. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll talk about what it was. Nintendo filing a patent for a non-disc system. <gasps> oh, we're gonna give at least I will wow wrestling thoughts for the first time in a long time for SummerSlam and Raw. And your Q and A. Uh, before we get into what's going on in our lives, we have a T-shirt we're trying to sell. We do. Well, I'm not trying to sell it. Teespring's trying to sell it, but. It helps us out. Uh, I gotta eat. Ian's gotta eat. Ian's going to the gym so he can eat more for, for that metabolism. It's teespring. dot com slash cu podcast Danny for the Danny Approved CU Podcast shirt. Check it out. There's less than uh, less than a week left, so it's only until about I think uh, September first, maybe. The wee hours of the morning of September second, you can order the shirt. Check it out, nice gold. You have Danny giving the thumbs up. Which Danny? We don't know. We don't know which. But Danny. A Danny, B Danny, the Danny. Is the See You Podcast. Please Noah stayed out there sue us. Um, <laughs> Ian uh I've I've heard you've been hitting the hitting the the, the gym. Yeah, uh... getting your
1: <laughs> swole on I'm not the type of person who likes to talk about that sort of stuff. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> we talk about everything else. I did. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, but I did rejoin the gym. Um, I've, I've had numerous successful runs at the gym in the past. Uh, last year, um, with the passing of my grandmother and getting married and all sorts of things that were going on in my life, uh, I definitely uh, packed on some pounds and I'm looking to get rid of it. Um, as opposed to circuit training and uh, heavy cardio this time around, I'm trying to do body resistance training, TRX battle ropes and stuff like that it's and funny you call them
0: battle because i when i use them in the gym i have no idea what they're called you said battle rope seems like what it was like a pirate name for them? yeah sure. no it sounds funny but, Arr, i mean that, bend
1: the battle ropes i know. thought i thought that was just a name my trainer was using because that's another thing i did this time around i got a trainer and uh no that's literally what they're called um but the, i have you a lot the more, arm swing thing yeah and, i have a lot more fun with it when and when it's not machines when it actually just yeah. feels like i'm it's just physical activity, you know? I yes. Mean, you're, and when it's not a machine, you're you you're doing the work. You don't have to stop and adjust weights or anything. It's just you go from one thing into the next thing, and it's all very quick and fluid, and I can get, like, a really good workout in, in, like, 40 minutes. So I'm enjoying that quite a bit.
0: It's going to be amazing. As you lose weight, I'm going to probably gain it uh, because <laughs> I haven't been able to use the heavy bag for, like, almost two weeks now. I think I broke my knuckle, and, of course, since Ooh. I'm stupid... I continue to use the heavy bag for like three, four days afterwards. So like, oh it's feeling a little better, so then pound it. I'm like, Oh this hurts the first couple rounds. Then it goes numb because the bone's probably broken. Right. And so I did that. Stop. I'm like, what am I what am I? In the Southpaw movie? What am I? A fucking idiot? <laughs> but I am. So it's still swollen. Oh it is. Um oh you can notice it? Yeah. It's still swollen. So it's, it hurts like right here in the knuckle. The finger a little bit, but it's I, I, I probably broke it. I probably actually broke it. It's like it's like different shape now a little bit. So hopefully it comes back. So, yes, I am a man somewhat, I guess, because I worked through a broken knuckle, but I want to be able to use the heavy bagging because it really is fun to do. Um, so, maybe I should just ice it later, but I couldn't even, like, turn the key in, in my door, like, the first, like, week. I was like, oh, <laughs> that's really bad, um, which was also great because at the time, I was, like, capturing and downloading all the screenshots for the book, which I get into. So, that was literally, you know, like... 10,000 clicks of a mouse within, like, two days, you know? Click, save, click, save. Using a potentially broken knuckle. Oh, it was... uh, Yeah, it was painful. I would use, like, my middle finger. Like, it was bad. Um, Speaking of that, the book format has been finalized. Yay. It looks very nice. looks very nice. If you're a super patron, patreon.com slash patcountry, you can see examples that I asked some of the fans what they thought, and no one's going to agree on anything. No one's going to agree on... uh, Not everyone's going to agree on what font. Plus, it's going to be digital and... You know, digital and print, so fonts look better in one versus the other, but you can't have I guess you could have a separate version, but I don't want to redo the entire book. It's not that simple just to replace all the font, you know? Right. So, um, the book will probably be put together, hopefully, by middle of October. It'll be, like, done, done, and then I could send it away and do pre-orders then. But don't... It's not in stone, but we'll see what happens, because i got to get back to doing other stuff, like, Flea Market Manus is coming out, a new Pat the Animus Punk has been almost two months since one came out, and it's just the the energy of just doing the book is draining and this podcast drains a little bit but it's just that i need i need like my, my i can't it's hard to splinter it's hard to splinter the energy creatively from one thing to the other and go back and forth it's not like trx my mind is not like trx you can just do the chest thing and, and then you go into <laughs> do the tricep thing right you know it's it's not like that the mind's more like the, the like the nautilus circuit, you know circuit training i am so weak and sore
1: my arms are like <laughs> wabby noodles
0: you're doing, the, you're doing the doing the planks, like though, I, like I told yes, you. Yes, I enjoy those. You've got you to come to yoga with me one day. That'll be fun. No?
1: I like yoga, but probably not at the same place you go. Oh, okay.
0: So, yeah, that's what's going on. So, uh, Konami sprung a survey on the world. That was interesting.
1: Yeah, so, Konami, everyone's favorite developer, um, <laughs> is apparently, after slash and burning everything they had, uh, I'm trying to kind of get back into um, you know, gamers' good graces by looking at what we might want to see them bring back, which is hilarious because, I mean, what does this really mean? Konami's already basically said that they have, I mean, they've shown little interest in console games. So are we going to get, like, mobile versions of these? So I'm, I'm just going to run through the list real quick. Um, They're called it a Heritage Game Survey? Yeah, a Heritage Game Survey. I'm going to take it right now while you talk. And that's going to be important to something I bring up later, but... They bring up Rocket Knight, uh, Bishibashi, Parodius, uh, Sunset Riders, Contra, Suikoden, Gradius, Track and Field, Bomberman, Castlevania, Goemon, Zone of the Enders, and Yu Gi Oh! and Vandal Hearts. Um, some of these, I mean, are pretty well beloved in the retro gaming scene, and I think people would love to see them back. As much as I love shooters, Gradius is not my favorite, but I'm sure people would love to see a Gradius 6. Proteus is fun. Um, I would. I mean, I love Rocket Knight. I was not a huge fan of the one they did on the uh, 360, uh, maybe the PS3. But you know, Bomberman. Hey, that's a Hudson property, and we. I mean, who wouldn't want to see that come back? You know, uh, and done well. Um, I'd like to see a new track and field. The last one they did was a lot of fun. So I think they're doing this to kind of curry favor. I mean, this these selections are very much catered towards a more hardcore audience um, but the article that brings it up and wants to throw uh, problems at it and, and, and don't get me wrong I'm not trying to defend Konami but like right, like the sub headline is seems like they forgot two key IPs and they go on to talk about how it's missing uh, Metal Gear and Silent Hill and it's like those aren't exactly heritage the next Metal Gear game comes out next week Silent Hill, they just axed the last Silent Hill. So, look, we all have issues with Konami, but I mean, we don't need to create issues with well, Konami. There's already so many that exist. I, I
0: just took the survey. The other reason why those two franchises might not have been in the survey, for the reason you said, but also they're all. This isn't just for console. They might be interested in doing mobile right. or tablet games. And <laughs> it's kind of going to be hard to do a Silent Hills game on a on a phone. No, they did. Or do a metal. They did one. Uh, okay. One I didn't just Axe, but a decent one, not like a simple one, or, right. or, 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 or a decent Metal Gear game on your phone.
1: But, yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I said at the beginning. Um, for a company that seems so disinterested in doing anything uh, console-based, what are we actually going to see? And then you look at this, and it's like, well, what works? You know what would work as a mobile game? Track and field would work as a mobile game, because you can swipe for speed, you can tap for jumps, like, that but, would actually yeah, that's work.
0: That's not going to sell great, though. It's no, not. I mean, I mean, the good news is that you could put together an easy...
1: When has Konami made a good business decision recently? No, but I
0: mean, half these games, you can do a mobile Bobberman easily. They could program that in their back pocket. You can do a track and field game in two weeks. They can probably pump out a shitty mobile version of that. Or Gradius uh, slash Parodius, they could do that. So this isn't going to be automatically, well, because you select these games, we're going to come out with a good version. No, this could be, oh, everyone says Castlevania, we'll put out a shitty mobile version of Castlevania. Right. Doesn't mean there's going to be a good game coming out. This, uh, Konami has cut all these properties because, uh, like like we stated in the past, they're cutting their entire you know the development team when they're just... they're going away from consoles. So this isn't exactly to me a great sign uh, on its surface. We have to see what's actually going to be announced. I mean, do you honestly think they're going to automatically come out with a console mystical ninja game again?
1: Or or, or, yeah, even, it, or even do a digital re-release of Sunset Riders. Like like I said, I mean, who, what's on the horizon after Metal Gear Solid Five? Nah, I mean, off the top of my head, I could be wrong. Prove me wrong. I I don't think there's anything really coming out. Did the
0: last Contra when it came out was a Contra Four on DS? Did that even sell that well?
1: No, they did. They also did a 360 one. Way forward made Contra Four on the DS. Eat, eat me. Did did they
0: do well though? Enough to well enough, well enough.
1: I mean, just like the new track and field, that supposedly did well on. Hey, it's nice to
0: see a Hudson Soft property make the list. Yeah, they should just get that Bonk game out of mothballs from five years ago and finish it. The thing was like halfway done, but whatever, put out for cheap. You know, yeah, we'll see what happens with this. I don't, I don't see them making like a Sunset Riders game ever again, personally. That's that was kind of like out of left field for that well, like it, I
1: said, I, I think it's out just of, a curry favor with 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 retro yeah. gamers. You look at these the, this list, and even if these games were released, uh, even if these games had a semi recent release, these are all dating back to retro consoles. I'm sorry, Silent Hill and Metal Gear Solid don't count as retro consoles to me, even though they got started. I mean, that's PS1. You're, you're close, but this is stuff that goes back to NES and Genesis and Super Nintendo. Well, Sunset
0: Riders, that was a one-off game that, while it was cool, it's like, when people think of Konami games, that's not the first one that sort of springs to mind. No, that, you it's know, not. It's like, oh, it's a cool cool arcade beat-em-up, or shoot-em-up uh, in, the, in the arcade.
1: Okay, Zone so of doesn't go back. And yeah, but they Avengers keep you releasing those yeah. collections.
0: You know, Pearl from Konami, <laughs> who's not there anymore, Pearl of Pearl previously of Konami used to show me all the cool Zoda Ender collections coming out. Didn't we get we did, give, we did giveaways at give the marathon? Them, yeah, yeah. So I guess we're not going to be sponsoring the marathon anymore. No, probably not. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll, we'll we're going to look forward to see what percentage of these uh, fourteen games are even going to come out. Which one's going to be mobile? versus actually on console. I'm going to say 25% of these are going to come out, and then 25% of that will be on console, which means one of those will be on console. You're going to get, like, five or six uh, track-and-field type of style mobile games.
1: So let's talk about Gearbox wearing the Duke Nukem rights. Uh, a game that I liked on the PC, had no love or interest in the modern version, um, but apparently there was a bit of a issue with yeah. the rights.
0: So, so we we know the story, Three Realms had Duke Nukem Forever, forever. And so, <laughs> they didn't know what to do with it. Uh, Gearbox came in and s- swooped in and saved the day, basically picked up what well, was probably like a glorified beta version at the time, and tried to like a sp- sp- spiffy up the graphics, spruce it up, um, and then slap a coat of paint on it, and it still looked kind of dated for 2011. Oh, like the ago. truck
1: driving levels? Yeah. Looked, I mean, ridiculous. It was bad. like
0: five, six years old by that point, but people, it, they just wanted to get it out. But part of the deal was with 3D Realms is that Gearbox, in finishing up the game, purchased the rights to Duke Nukem going forward right. to make games. So apparently there was a little mix-up, though, when 3D Realms was bought out by developer uh, Interceptor Entertainment. So they thought by buying... Uh, 3D realms that they could make Duke Nukem games, so they started uh, developing a which sounded fairly interesting. It was like a RPG uh, action game, I guess, like overhead game, and it was going to be called Duke Nukem Mass Destruction. Um, so they're 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 under the impression that they had the possession, they were possessor of the the Duke Nukem uh, copyright and the character trademark. Whoops, they weren't. Oops, it was Gearbox. Um, so what happened was they announced the game and Gearbox is like, oh, no, 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 it's our IP, it's ours, not yours. So they went to court, this has been going on for a while now, but it was actually settled. And Gearbox, which rightfully, they had the rights going back for probably five years from now, by now, um, they win the rights to it. So so this game that's coming out, Duke Nuclear Mass Destruction, I think they're changing the character to someone else. And basically, the game the game will still be able to come out, but not Duke Nukem. We'll just swap out the main character or whatever
1: else. Well, if it's a good idea, I mean, hopefully it would still be able to sit yeah, and its they, own.
0: and they came out, everyone's like, oh, well, if this was a good decision. You know, all the companies are doing PR bullshit. But... Uh, what are the odds you think that Gearbox is going to come out with another Duke Nukem game? Though that's all well, I want to ask. That the, the last one didn't sell badly. It got bad reviews or mediocre reviews, but didn't sell
1: badly. It also immediately plummeted in price. I mean, that game hit the ninety-nine cent pile quicker than almost anything that I can remember. Um, I don't know. I think it's funny because I think this is like fighting over a chicken wing that has no meat left on the bones. Uh, you know, people got pissed at me for 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 knocking Duke Nukem because I thought the most recent one was a little bit over the top and maybe a little mean-spirited in how it it handled itself. But even if it was fine, it's a relic of the 90s. Um, I don't know how you can turn Duke Nukem back into a popular character. People remember him fondly for spouting out lines. Lines that were not his. Was the game good? Yeah, the original game was was fantastic. Um, And sure, if you make a great game again, which any good development company can... You can make Duke Nukem relevant again, but I think there's too much of a tarnish on that name, and it's too much of a relic on the past for them to really risk a whole lot of money on development.
0: Well, maybe if there's any... I mean, it's, business doesn't really have pride at stake, but, you know, speaking of relics of the past, you have a Doom sticker uh, on on your laptop, but they're making a new Doom game, which looks pretty cool.
1: Yeah, but Doom's never not been popular. Doom three came out that that was kind of okay. You can I'm sorry you're not comparing
0: Doom to Duke Nukem 3D. Mm, After Doom two this I mean what Doom three did that set the world on fire? Not really. Let's be honest. I played it it and I was like "Eh, yeah, but
1: it also didn't get it. it Also wasn't in a shit heap like Duke Nukem. Sure. Moments.
0: All I'm saying is that maybe Gearbox wants because that last game wasn't really theirs. It wasn't. Uh, Any game they put out going forward is going to be theirs from the start and they can then put their own ideas in it and, and work on it, and maybe they can come up with something and
1: nice. And they've shown they can do first-person shooters. I mean, yeah. the Borderlands games have been fantastic, and those are all Gearbox. Maybe
0: they do a new game that isn't a straight first-person shooter. Maybe they put in elements. I just want to know? point
1: out that I mentioned a modern
0: game was fantastic. Anyways. But maybe they maybe they do something surprising. I'd say look, give them a chance. Give them a chance. There's, I, it's an iconic. It's one of the most iconic game characters, at least on the PC. Still, I, you might think it's tarnished, but people say Duke Nukem. Let's put it this way: if they announced that, if they come out with an announced trailer, that thing would get you know ten million views in a day for announced trailer for Duke Nukem. If it Nukem.
1: actually looked like it stood a chance of being as good and amusing as Duke Three D, yeah, I'd I'd probably try playing it. I just don't know that I have faith in that character being revived.
0: I think I think any character as long as you write it s- smartly enough, you could do it.
1: You know, it would get me to buy it if it included the Apogee side scrollers. Those were a lot of fun. Why
0: can't they do that when, when they change the, the spelling for the, because of Captain Planet and they change it back? Oh yeah, Duke Yeah, yeah. Then it wasn't tra- it wasn't uh trademarked. All right, we'll see what happens. I I think they're gonna I, this way I look at it. If Gearbox wasn't gonna do something with this IP, I don't think they'd be as litigious. They'd be like, oh, we'll just, just buy the license from us, come out with the game. But they said we want this all under one umbrella, so maybe they do have plans for. Good old Duke. Uh, So on August 26th, which is the day we're recording the podcast, you see on the internet, this is how the podcast works. We record once every two weeks. (laughs) Please, please break this down. (laughs) And I'll I'll try to be gentle because when we yell at the audience, they don't like it. No. Even though sometimes they deserve it. They do. Not everyone deserves it. Some
1: of you deserve it. Some of you definitely deserve it. What I love is the people who think that we're (laughs) yelling directly at them and not just broadly. (laughs) Like right at them in their living room. Yeah. yeah, you, I just kicked your door down, and you're an <laughs> asshole. No, that's not how it works. <laughs> so anyway,
0: uh, YouTube Gaming launched. Um, by the time you hear this or watch this, it would have launched. And it's basically, they're, you know, basically punching uh, Twitch in the mouth and saying, hey, this is our version of gaming streaming service. And it's interesting because it's a whole different website from YouTube. Right. So you can go into, any, anyone on YouTube can go into their channel and stream, but you can also ag- access gaming.youtube.com, which is a totally different interface. You can search by game yes. for videos or streams, which is very interesting. I thought that was cool. Um, so because then if you search for like, uh, we'll just say, oh, random game. I don't know, Danny Sullivan's Indie Heat. <laughs> What'll come up first will be like all the streams of whoever's playing Danny Sullivan and then underneath would be like the YouTube videos and then you can sort by popularity and things like that.
1: And then a treatise on how we've caused the game to blow up in price. <laughs> It'll probably be the first one if I look it up right now. <laughs> um, so for every game you
0: can do that. Otherwise, if you go to the front page of it you can see, I'm on it right now, it's like Twitch where you could see someone streaming. You click on the arrow like on the rotator, there's a, there's a video there of someone streaming um, at, or representation of an icon, yeah, you can scroll it's basically like a rotator of different streams, so it's like Twitch um, here's where it gets weird so, when you go to your interface um, as an individual, you can import I guess, your favorite the channels that you've already subscribed to, you can import them as ones to follow on YouTube Gaming, so it's separate So your so your followers will be separate, I guess, on your regular YouTube videos versus your streaming so it's basically starting from scratch for everyone, but I guess I guess they're going to be aware because when you when you say I'm going to be streaming, they'll become aware of it somehow. But it might be a little harder to find. Otherwise, when you go to the front page of YouTube Gaming, um, there are already pre-selected like 200 channels that are like the um, I don't know how they were selected. Some make sense, some make no sense at all. That's all I'm going to say. Um, for the people that are, I guess they're specialized pre-selected by by YouTube for to being featured. Um, so you can select from that list on the right side, but I guess as you go through and add your own, your own list will come up on the right side, and you'll see whoever is online. So I'm privy to some of, of the inner workers just because um, I was aware of the beta testing, and I was allowed to go on before it launched. Uh, I didn't have time to with this book project that's consumed my life. Uh, but I think it's going to be cool. How much of a bite is it going to take out of Twitch's hide, though? That remains to be seen. That's the big question mark. It's going to be question mark because, as we discussed before, the people on Twitch... Um, some people I know have over a hundred thousand what they call followers on Twitch.
1: Yet they're starting from scratch on YouTube. Gaming. There's no
0: reason for them to come over,
1: right? And you don't, and right, and you can't, you don't get your followers that you have on YouTube. And you brought up a good point. I still think it's kind of silly. Um, I, I feel like it should be an option. It's tough because, like you said, maybe they're not interested in streaming content and they don't want to be notified every time. But yeah, I do think, people don't like it. I do think it's it, it's not exactly great. I, there has to have been some better middle ground than making everyone start from scratch. And I think that's going to be the hard thing that gets people to pull from Twitch because there are people who have YouTube channels with great followership and then they stream on Twitch and they have followers there. Why make them start from scratch again on a third website? Well, I'd
0: look into it more. There there probably is some sort of... I I, I don't subscribe really to anyone on YouTube. I don't have time to watch other videos kind of like you that much. So maybe there's a cool option where you go in and you can see all your channels and it'll ask you if you click, click here to... You know, say to be alerted for when they go live streaming. I don't know. I just think there'll be a way to game the system either way. I I am privy to information about, like, obviously the more you stream, the more you make money, the more YouTube will feature you uh, on this. I think it's going to start a whole new different batch uh, of people to come over, and I'm sure behind the scenes, Google's probably hate to say it, they're probably paying some big Twitch people to start using this. Wouldn't put it past them, because how? That sounds how, like conspiracy theory. It's conspiracy theory. <laughs> I mean, how else to get your, your off the ground from, from the bottom floor? I know it's Google though, but still, we're talking no follower base. Say, so, oh, well, if, if I'm Twitch, hey, I'm going to start using YouTube Gaming next week, and I'm going to bring my hundred thousand people, you know, followers over. That's a possibility. So yeah, um, so you can, like I said, you can search by game, and according to this article, the algorithm is making it so that game results will come up first. Uh, when you're searching the games, which makes sense. Okay, that's good. So yeah, if you search for like Wall Street Kid right now, which I did before, the top two you're going to get like Game Grumps. They did it, they did their video, and you're, you're going to do my vi- uh, video second on the streaming site. YouTube Gaming is just everything. It's streaming and it's video. Oh, okay, it's, it's gotcha. everything, but it's focused on the game stuff. So when you search, uh, there's there's a landing page for over twenty five thousand games. Okay, they, they made individualized games for twenty. Uh, excuse me, individualized pages for twenty five thousand different games. So every NES game picture has its own landing page. So instead of, like, if you search for a game on YouTube, say you search for Baseball Stars, um, there'll be video game results and other results thrown in. Maybe it'll Top be, 10
1: greatest Baseball Stars of the 1940s! Yes, yeah. exactly. Okay.
0: So with, with YouTube Gaming, all that shit will be gone. It'll just be gaming videos and gaming streams. So then if you search for Baseball Stars, uh, mine might be first because um, I did a Baseball Stars video. As my first video. There could be a lot of views. That might be first. However, if you're streaming it, that would come up too. Right at the top. Okay. So it's a, it's a focus. They want to focus on the streaming.
1: So goes streaming, every, then standard videos, and then okay, yeah, I, I, yeah, so that's yeah. it.
0: Video uh, streaming and standard videos. So that's how it's worked out, though. So it could be cool. Say you, you can subscribe to games. So say you like uh, Double Dragon Three, you like, and so I'm you, so sorry you want to be alerted every time someone's either streaming it or a new video comes out <clears throat> pertaining to Double Dragon Three. You can also subscribe to games. So you know it's mean? so that can be cool too if, if you're really into. Name a NGPC game that no one else cares about. All of them. Super Real Mahjong Perfect Collection. So you could subscribe to that game if they put it in the system, which they probably would because no one cares about that game. But then any time a video was uploaded or you're someone was streaming with that, you would be alerted to that. So I think that's a cool idea. Um, so if you're a hardcore fan of Legend of Zelda, anytime someone uploads anything with Legend of Zelda, you might be alerted. It, it probably can get to be too much, but if you want to do it, why not? No, I think that's you pretty know. neat, actually. Um, so... I will start using this at some point, probably when my when the book's finished. We might use this if we do another marathon, charity marathon, any marathon, we might use this because it makes sense to use it. Yeah, Twitch did fine, but also what I do like though is that uh the one thing we didn't like about Twitch was about when they invaded our chat and knocked it off basically. <laughs> uh it probably hopefully it doesn't have that whole Twitch But it was a good thing. The, the whole Twitch uh, uh tween and preteen uh culture hopefully Is not in YouTube gaming. Hopefully it's it's a more mature sort sort of atmosphere. Not saying Twitch is immature, but from what I've seen, Twitch does skew you think YouTube skews young. Twitch skews even younger than YouTube for the most part in terms of its demographics. So maybe if you're if you're more of an adult and you don't you're predisposed not to like streaming maybe youtube gaming i'm I'm just throwing this out there maybe it'll be more mature i don't know i'm gonna have to say no on that i think you're giving i
1: think you're giving that too Too much much credit too much credit i think i think streaming is going to be streaming and over time as long as youtube can keep it up and running and going you're gonna get the same audiences everywhere But, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what it does as a different option. I like the ability to, you know, subscribe to games. That's pretty cool. I did hear it launched with a bunch of bugs, and people were upset. But anything is going to launch with bugs, and hopefully they'll get that worked out within a few days. Um, Like I said, I'm going to use this. I was never going to use Twitch,
0: probably. Um, Because if it's all consolidated, why would I use a separate thing? Keep it all there. Sure.
1: So let's talk about something that I think we all worried about and you and I talked about a little bit I think when we discussed uh, we are the Nostradamuses yes, of, of uh, YouTube uh, and retro gaming of GameStop selling retro stuff um, and I'm sure everyone's heard this story by now but hey we're a podcast that records every two weeks Um say so that like it's my fault no I, <laughs> hey, it, it, no I say it because hey that's an asshole i say it because people <laughs> apparently people need to be reminded uh right. apparently because no we record every day but we wear the same shirts every day um we're not gonna attack
0: we're not gonna spend the whole time attacking the audience like last episode <laughs> that's not good for my subscribers no
1: fair enough so um guy orders a chrono trigger uh from gamestop gets it it's a madden 95 Man, where do I want to start on this shit? When he turns it on, it it appears to be a chrono trigger. No, when he turns it on, it goes straight to EA.
0: But it appears to be a chrono trigger on the outside. Oh,
1: yeah, it appears to be a chrono trigger on the outside. This is
0: why it's dangerous.
1: However, the label, even on a shitty phone camera, he mentions it looks suspect, and it does look suspect. Um, So I don't know if it was someone who... It was a repro. Oh, yeah, it was a repro. Yeah. But did they open it up and drop a uh, take out a chrono trigger uh, chip and put a MATA ninety five, or did they just strip a MADA ninety five and throw a repro label on it?
0: They might have taken advantage. We've discussed this. They might have just taken advantage of the of the trading system. I don't know what the trading is for a chrono trigger. Someone can look it up. Say it's twenty five bucks for a chrono trigger. Say it's thirty bucks. You buy a dollar Super Nintendo game. You buy a three dollar label. Yeah, you just made exactly. a twenty five dollar profit for nothing.
1: That's probably the most. That's probably the, the most likely answer. Um, wow. So remember that video that we discussed a while back of all those people meticulously testing things in that lab and all that. Um, And them talking about changing batteries and testing all the games and making sure they save. Yeah, that's total horseshit. And uh, (laughs) I mean, we fucking called that because GameStop has their head up their ass if they really think they can manage... To take on, I mean, how many retro systems are they managing right now? Let's six just say or it's seven. six or seven. If they really think they can take on six or seven more systems than what they've already taken on, and they have a problem well, with that, it, that's insane. Well, it's not just that. Expanding the program nationwide, they don't have the volume and capacity no. to handle it to begin with. Right, which is what I always said. Without
0: hiring a thousand people,
1: so you know. GameStop flat out lied to you, and they said that they were going to test every game that they got. And change every battery. Because if they did, they would have noticed something was wrong. Because even if they opened it and Madden has a battery, they would still have to test to make sure that battery worked. That's true. And Or it... test Chrono Trigger that works. Right. The battery. Yeah, right, exactly. Either way,
0: they didn't... Either way, I bet you they turned it on and saw the the, t- the you know the, the, the credits come up before they even got to the fucking title screen and turned it off. They saw a white screen instead of a black screen. So you're right. They lied about uh, incompetency in testing two things. The proper game... And the battery, right. unless they were stupid and
1: tested the battery for the wrong game, and didn't realize what they were well, doing. And we're going to train people to be able to spot test, you know, fakes and repros on the job. No, well, obviously you didn't. Well, that's do why that. they
0: failed the third time because it's looking at right. like, you can tell it's a repro label. It's a
1: repro label, and then you sent it back to your your, your home office and, and wherever to get tested, and they still didn't spot. It. I mean, this had to have gone through, and I'm being generous here. Uh, well, conservative. This went through minimum. Three hands before it got sent out. Person at the store that accepted it, ships to someone
0: else, and then ends up in the tester's hand.
1: Tester's hand. Or maybe another and then, person. And then person, Back who to the ships, the person it who
0: ships it out. You're right, third person.
1: Right, and maybe four, people are supposed three. to know. I mean, that's 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 at least yeah. three.
0: And it's, it's not a conspiracy. I mean, the guy had a packing list on the YouTube video. I'll link it somewhere. I try to link stuff when I can sometimes. I, it, says, it says who packed it. The person's name's on there. M. Coleman packed it. Uh, they might get into trouble, unfortunately, if not enough people see this. But um, I'm hoping this isn't a conspiracy, that this is true.
1: It, is a consp- it must be a conspiracy theory. Illuminati, uh, uh, Tower 7. Anyways, <laughs> um, so, I mean, what happened was, is I mean, there are people who think it's shitty, like, oh, he opened it and, you know, did that to, you know, kind of like stick it to GameStop. No, because that, why, why would it be a repro label then? I just, this is a yeah. lot of steps to make a three-minute long YouTube video. And what's the guy actually going to get out of it? Maybe a legitimate copy of Chrono Trigger.
0: Yeah, I don't know much about the uploader, um, but, it, it, yeah, just to say, oh, to, you're right, to put out a fake video wouldn't make much sense just to do it on its surface. And I'm, and I'm sure mix-ups happen. But this is a big mix-up just because this is an $85 game. Now, of course, well, he can return it.
1: Yes, which is the the beauty of their return policy. But and that's what people It shouldn't get to that no. point. And people people put brought that up when we talked about their retro game program rolling out, like, well they have a return policy if you don't like the condition of it, but it's like but no, that's why you go to – that's why you look at eBay or you go to a walk-in store or you go to a flea market even because you can just look at it and you don't have to deal with shipping stuff back and forth. You don't have to deal with the disappointment. Um, I mean, Chrono Trigger's in demand and not exactly easy to find. Who, Who's to say that GameStop is sitting on a pile yeah. of these things and they can just throw another one out the door at you?
0: They might not be able to, but this is the other danger. And it's, it's, it's not buyer beware when you're buying from a reputable dealer. I'm no. sorry. But what if this, two other scenarios happen – what if it was a, an actual chrono trigger, but a repro label? Are you telling me that's going to be worth eighty five dollars? I don't no, think so. I not my think book. So I don't. I'm not sure to put a value on that. It's twenty bucks, twenty. I don't. Know, but it sure is fucking eighty five dollars. Or the other even worse case scenario, it's a totally fake. Uh, let's just say it's an Earthbound, or it's a Hagani they somehow got their hands on, and it's a fake Hagani inside and outside. The person gets it sent and has no idea and think, oh, I got a good deal. They only charged me six hundred dollars for this Hagani. You're saying it's on that person? Fuck you, it's not. It's on GameStop for sending it. Right. And not doing their due diligence and should have rejected it at the counter to begin with. I
1: hate the buyer beware thing when it comes to stuff like this because, yes, collectors should know what they're getting into, but if you are a reputable shop, especially if you pride yourself in being a retro shop like, say, Luna or other stores do, or if you're GameStop and you're going to tell people and assure them that you're going to do this right, then you need to earn the trust of your customers. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and you're not going to do that by shipping out bullshit products and especially if you're buying online yes, there is a risk if you're buying from GameStop because of how they do it that you don't know what the label quality is going to be necessarily etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Is it going to be real? <laughs> well, well, yeah, but let's just say it's, it's legit you know, you don't know if it's going to have a small terror or nick and that's, that's, you know, you take that risk and you get it and if you don't like the label well, at that point, yes, you have to suck it up this is something that you knew going and you might not get the best label but you certainly didn't sign up to get a bootleg label with Madden 95 inside of it
0: so you're saying shop at Luna Video Games your San Diego source for I, retro games I,
1: I'm, I'm saying that no i well yes I mean sure do that but I'm saying I'm saying GameStop needs to fucking actually do what they said they were going to fucking do
0: they they can have all the uh, latex white gloves to test everything, but if you don't have the knowledge of what you're doing to yeah. test this stuff, training, training someone to use it, a bit driver doesn't matter anymore.
1: At Luna and a lot of other retro stores, if we get a game in that's gonna sell for more than 80 bucks, we open it. We make sure that what's in there is what is supposed to be in there. And, uh, you know, if there's a mistake made, we, 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 we own up to it and we make it right. But, I mean, honestly, guys, that's 101... It, I mean, it doesn't even matter if you say you're going to test every single cartridge, but like open it, you know, check it, know how to man, fuck it. I could just go on. It's I'm done. <laughs> Good. <ending. laughs> All right. So people, this is a,
0: a lot of people ask on Twitter because, uh, um, Pat, when patents are filed they're public, just for a few reasons, uh, it, it, for other people, other companies to see if it could infringe on their patent, it's public information. So Nintendo filed a patent for a non-disc system with diagrams, and people are not flipping out, but are often the in the inter, internet verse wondering what it means.
1: Here's a couple of things that it could mean. One, like a lot of patents, it could mean fuck all. <laughs> I mean, it could mean nothing. Yeah, it could mean absolutely nothing. People file patents for ideas. All the time. I'm just to, following right now while we're talking. To, to protect um, an idea or a, a, a possible idea that mm-hmm. they want to pursue. Um, it could mean that they are going to uh, use something similar to like a 3DS cartridge or a smart card media because it simply just says there's no optical drive. That does not mean that there is no physical media whatsoever. Sure. Or it means that fuck, Nintendo's going all digital and whatever. I mean, I There's hate a s- lot of other ores in there. Yeah, Or it means they're coming out with a
0: new Nintendo Wii U that's a bargain version with no optical drive. That's a possibility.
1: Right. And, I mean, who, I mean,
0: the, who the hell knows what it means um, at this point?
1: It, it says that it, you know it, it would have a, a, a you know a, dis- a, a, a controller with a display unit. So yes, that lends some credence. Uh, it could be the NX is going to be digital, but will support your Wii U games in some way or another. I mean, it could mean anything, but it doesn't. I don't know. I just don't understand why people are flipping. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. We we don't
0: know. If, we don't even know if the NX is going to be a standalone system or just an add-on. Uh, yeah we don't like we don't know any details they have announced it, which is again why I don't think it's coming out next year because they haven't even announced anything yet sure. about it um so w- we'll see what's gonna happen with this um if, if, if there's any engineers out there that like the little diagram with the, the the venn charts and it's like oh here's the the card slot there's an arrow to a processor to a it's it could be for any anything right like it could be something that they thought of five years ago oh, let's we'll throw that patent in just, just get it in there, right? This isn't like this isn't like artwork of what it's going to look like. Hey, what this did they except- mention
1: there? Nintendo filed a patent for a horseback riding peripheral in two thousand and nine. I mean, that'd be funny that they never That's used. It. So, I mean, I, I'm not saying that it could. I mean, it could very well be a digital only home console successor to something yeah. or another. Because look. Love it or hate it, I do think we are definitely on a road to that. Maybe if not in five years, fifteen years
0: for games, I think it's a little different than DVDs for a few reasons for going uh, discless. Just because um, you're going to p- really piss off all all the Game Stops and stores because they're going to be out of, out of out of business, yeah. Basically, they, so they're not going to go out with a fight. I'm not saying they can lobby video game companies to say screw you. It's more profit for us, but they have a relationship with the Game Stops for the exclusives and stuff like that. No, so
1: like, I- as I've always said. Um, you know these companies we talked about it ages ago two years ago I think where um, you know uh, they, they they say that they won't you know like when the Xbox One was announced they didn't want to use games to be accepted some of these people don't re- some of these companies don't realize that people are able to buy new copies of your games because they can sell back their old physical media I mean, it's silly to kind of get rid of it, but it also wouldn't surprise me. But like I said, yeah, there's who knows?
0: If Nintendo came out with a system, it wouldn't probably be as big as a backlash versus the Xbox One. If they came out, though, and said, no more used games, which is basically what you're doing with digital, um, people would be pissed. It, 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 I can't think of a good way to broach it because of the, such the feverish backlash that happened the first time right. that I don't see it being an easy bridge to cross, even for Nintendo to say, oh, no more used games, digital only, screw you basically. It's going to be like, oh, I don't know how much I like Mario anymore. You know, like, some people would accept it, others, I'd be uncomfortable with that. Something like that. I just don't like it. Not being able to trade games or borrow them with people. Sure. Or, or, or sell back games. Just...
1: Maybe it could be... on American. Maybe it could be a mini Wii U with Mario Kart 8, Smash Brothers, and Splatoon loaded on it. Yeah. And there you go. Remember that, remember that mini Wii that no one bought? That red one? Yeah,
0: maybe it's like that. Maybe it's you it's know, actually a pretty cute system. The mini Wii. It's useless, but it's you're yes, probably still buying like forty bucks of for Toys R Us. Oh, sure. On the bottom shelf. So I'm going to vote that this means nothing for now. It could be the NX, but it could not be. So I'm, I'm basically saying nothing. I'm saying there's no. I'm saying there's no
1: reason to really speculate. We just talked about a whole lot of nothing. We did. All right. What's the deal with the NX? <laughs> Does it have a disc or not? I don't get it. So surprisingly, because I went out Sunday night, I have no impressions about SummerSlam and Raw really well, but Pat does. I do. We are in bizarro land right because now. Because I
0: did swear off WWE after Wrestlemania and not just for that reason. It's just I hate to say it. Seeing all like Daniel Bryan have a career threatening injury um, what's his name? The Canadian wrestler that, that we love. I, I, Tyson Kidd. Tyson Kidd. Who knows if he's going to wrestle again. Seeing all these guys die. Roddy Piper um, at fairly, a fairly young age you're you're watching a brutal business. It's you're watching you're watching zoo animals for your entertainment. You have to accept that. And I'm I'm getting
1: less and less. It's kind of why I can't watch football. I can't watch football for the same reason.
0: Yeah, it is. Except at least those guys get paid millions and millions of dollars. Sure, That's, wrestlers don't. You
1: know, I mean, at least
0: at least with that, uh, you can play football for like five six years and don't have to worry about the rest of your life. And obviously now at least that there's lawsuits and there's a union with football, so you're at least somewhat protected wrestling you're not. You're
1: not in the WWE, you're all independent you're contractors. You're an independent contractor even though you can't work for anyone
0: else while you're wrestling with us, which is illegal, but whatever. Um so I'm just getting it's just more and more uncomfortable. I know it's entertaining, but I'm less and less comfortable watching people literally kill themselves, die young for your entertainment. And I it's... know and I know and I know that it's safer now. There's less piledrivers, there's there's less high angle, you know, suplexes things like that, but it's still Bad shit happens. I was
1: going to say something about that, too. It's like, I remember when everyone bitched about WWE and a lot, even some of the indies, like, you know, being like, hey, guys, we got to back off of this shit, you know, like, pile drivers especially and stuff. And it's like, everyone bitched. And it's like, then you see all this shit happen and all these people grow old with, you know, brain damage and shit. And it's yeah. like, aren't you kind of happy that they're still putting on good matches but living longer, healthier yeah. lives? And they're not, like I I said, am. they're not making shit. Yeah. Most of these most of
0: the jobbers in WWE they're not even making six figures. No. And they gotta pay their own pay their own like hotel rooms and, and health food insurance
1: and often. travel.
0: So that's why I'm down on wrestling now more than ever. But that aside, I checked out the results of SummerSlam. You know why? Because I like Brock Lesnar as a performer. We disagree on that. But it was the rematch. It was the rematch of um, He's grown up very little. He's, a, he's like a little teddy bear. Um and and Paul Heyman's the best in the mic potentially ever for promoting matches. now. Paul Heyman's amazing. He's amazing. And every week you think he he, 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 has, he never has a bad promo ever.
1: I want to see, see Heyman and Balor. Anyways, um, continue. So
0: that was a cool match. And then they're they're doing a unification match in theory, unification round be short sure, between John Cena, U.S. Champ, which I disagree with him fighting against Seth Rollins. But they set that up too. So those two matches interested me. I read the results then for all the matches. And there's also like Cesaro versus Kevin Owens, which sounded cool. I read the results then. John Stewart was uh, was hosting the event because he had appeared uh did a Seth Rollins thing a couple months ago. I think he appeared on uh, daily show. Ongoing, yeah. It, yeah, he appeared on Raw. Uh, Seth Rollins appeared on daily show after Wrestlemania. So, it, it was cool. Then I read the results and I was transported, transported back to reading the dirt sheets in 1999 <laughs> on <laughs> iWrestling.com and it was like Oh reading, my god, iWrestling. It was like reading the results of a WCW pay-per-view and I'm not even exaggerating. Uh, for having... Um, the end of the Lesnar Taker match be inconsequential and and having a false finish. So Lesnar taps out Undertaker to the uh, to the Kimura, and of course Little Nate can't see it. He's in the ring on the opposite side. But then for some reason the uh, the timekeeper rings the bell. Yep. to stop the action. And a lot, the and then, ring,
1: the ring, the and, and the ringkeeper site, Joe, supposedly saw it. Yeah, he's got a clear line of sight from what I saw. Even though he's picture. not supposed to ring the yeah.
0: bell until the referee says ring the bell. That's what a timekeeper does. He literally keeps the time. So even in the wrestling comedy... See, stuff has to make sense even in wrestling. The, the story has to make sense. When you start doing this shit your brain turns off and you can't suspend your disbelief anymore. So that was dumb.
1: It's so- like when it's like when Kevin Owens uh, won by, uh, won a title by uh, choking out uh, Sami Zayn. It's like and then they made up new rules the next week and that was. Oh, you can choke someone out. Yeah, and he passed out. It's like no, that's not a no. victory. He never tapped. No. Anyways, continue.
0: Oh, but 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 rear, rear naked chokes are oh, illegal yeah. anyway. Yes, sleeper holes were war, but real naked were. Anyway, um, so then they restart the match, but then Undertaker kicks. Uh, Brock in the nuts or whatever, or no, low blows him, and then beats him. Uh, he he puts him in the Hell's Gate, which is a triangle choke, basically, or a modified triangle ch- choke, and then it's a cool ending, Lesnar doesn't tap, he gives the middle finger, and he, and he, and he passes out, gives, and then he wins. So that was an awful finish, uh, because it'll set up a third match, and then last Brock goes over cleanly, this doesn't fucking matter. mean anything. No one wants to see Undertaker win. I don't need to see Undertaker win a match against someone like Brock Lesnar, who can actually not only put on good matches, still put over other people, and be a top draw, which he is. Undertaker's not a top top draw. He wrestles once or twice a year anymore. He can get hurt. He got hurt uh, last year against Lesnar, got and concussion.
1: By all accounts, he got hurt at SummerSlam too. I mean, they were saying he collapsed backstage, broken ribs.
0: Maybe that's true. He definitely got that concussion last year. He was in, he was out of shape. He got in better shape this year. But the whole point is that Undertaker is fifty years old. It's a, it's wear and tear. It's not just it's he, he was wrestling since, since since his like early twenties. You know he's done. Yeah, he's done. Unless he puts on a safe match against someone that can protect him, he's done. I, I'm not. I, I don't have any interest in it. And it's not believable anymore. They even said that on, on Hayman's like he's not he's not the boogeyman. You know he, he he's not Santa Claus. Lesnar beat him. And he did. He beat him cleanly. So so the fans now, uh, any smart fan would be like, yeah, Lesnar is a monster. He beat him cleanly. He beat him twice in a row. Why am I rooting for Undertaker? Undertaker cheated to beat him. Why is there any honor to that? Being that he, they're trying to do the analogy he's an old gunslinger with two bullets left in the gun just the, to try the, to get one off. It's like, I don't care. That's not.
1: It's not appealing to me. The cheat you know? win didn't bother me. The match in, in general bothered me. The low blow... Didn't bother me simply because the build-up to the match was so heated and so personal that the build-up was ridiculous, but, but I, yeah, it was. But I mean, they tried to frame it as heated and personal that a low blow. I, it, I mean, honestly, that's the least of my concerns with the fucking match.
0: So it is what it is. It's just bad booking, and the, but the worst booking was the main event. Uh, so then John Stewart comes down, um, and then of course you can't have your young guy you know, get a win over guys guy who's been with the company for over 10 years and is heavily protected elsewhere. Um, so, John Stewart comes out, you know, does a chair to the gut of John Cena, um, and then uh, Rollins does the pedigree because they don't allow him to do the curb stomp anymore. Uh, they, they say he's dangerous. I'm, okay, I'll, I'll I'm not going to argue that. So, they explain it on Rollins. Stewart is like, I didn't, the reason I interfered is I didn't want I didn't want Cena to tie the sixteen championships that Ric Flair has. Ric Flair comes out and he goes, John he's like, John, I appreciate it, but if anyone wants to wants to if I want anyone to beat that record, I want it to be John Cena. And then of course half the crowd's booing, half's cheering, and Ric Flair's like, That's the truth. You don't have to like it, but you gotta love it, you know. And then Cena comes out and he's like, No, I understand why you did it. He said, I'm not mad. Terrible promo, back and forth. Stewart was interrupting him. Wait, Cena he gave a terrible promo?
1: It wasn't um, good. Uh, amazing.
0: Because it contradicted itself logically, and then Stewart was interrupting here and there, which they don't like doing even semi-realistic conversations during promos. Uh, they like to be cleaner, so I think even Cena was actually probably even a little bit in real life sort of, you know, sort of not pissed, but like, okay, shut up, let me talk. Right. So then he ends up giving an attitude adjustment to John Stewart. As you're saying, he's not pissed at him or man understands, and it's like, I don't see how any of that looks makes Cena look good. First of all, the, it's just stupid because that's totally an, a bullshit ending to a pay per view. It is. Yeah, I expect the better of, of WWE. I hate to say it, they did it for the cheap sort of. Oh, what's entertainment tonight going to be talking about tomorrow? And hell, Sports Center was. They did cover the ending. Sports Center covered. ESPN covered the event. They sent the coach out there, which I love the coach, and he's been now I think for like five six years. He's been on Sports Center, yeah. And he went to the event and interviewed people all day. So they have some sort of weird relationship with WWE right now. I don't know what's going on, but they they do now to show the ending of the match and have the coach there all day. They, hell, the same the same Sports Center. They were talking about results of a of a video game, uh, you know, like a MOBA thing going on. I think I was like, well, this is we're in a weird dimension now. That's a whole other conversation. Why I think that's a bad idea. Uh, To try to crossbreed different audiences that don't watch things on certain uh, mediums. Like gamers don't really watch TV anymore, so they're not going to be watching ESPN for results. You're not going to get new audiences for for, sports fans to watch this shit by watching SportsCenter and seeing coverage of video games. We
1: discussed this when we talked about doesn't make any sense. Starcraft or something. So,
0: so, so the whole thing with WWE doesn't make that much sense either to to cover on SportsCenter. But the pay-per-view booking was horrific. That's all I'm going to say. The wrestling sounded decent. The booking was horrific. That's why you watch NXT, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, and and the whole Divas revolution they're trying to do is already a fucking mess. Shouldn't be. Because uh, from what I hear, they want to... um, uh, Because uh, Nikki Bella uh, still has the title, and they want to have her keep it for three more weeks so she can break... Wait, are you
1: fucking kidding me? She still has the title?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they want to keep it on her, at least because they want her to make sure that she breaks uh, AJ Lee's record. Because it's not enough already... Giving it to Punk, we got to do it through his wife as well, and and through AJ Lee, who is mostly you know, awesome for the company, and probably the best diva she's had, probably the best diva the rosters had in the, since since Trish Stratus. And so we're going to just yeah, don't say fuck don't you.
1: discount the ones that are up there now.
0: No, but I mean for ones for oh, sure, longevity, sure. I've done as much for the company.
1: I taste a little bile.
0: So there you are, and I'm not watching again now until Survivor Series. <laughs> At least. Oh. But this is cool. I actually like this. At the end of Raw, they had a statue. Uh, they 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 were they were teasing having like a bronze statue. Oh made, yeah yeah yeah. Uh, and it was Sting inside. Mm-hmm. So, and so Sting is I guess going to fight Rollins. I don't mind that. I don't mind Sting putting over Rollins. People want to see Sting fight. He can probably put on a good match still. Probably better... Versus Decent, versus, at least. Probably better than versus Triple H, giving yeah. it seven minutes before the most overbooked match I've ever seen in history <laughs> with weapons and... NWO and
1: versus and factions,
0: <laughs> factions fight each other, which, no, which makes no fucking sense. I'm not talking about wrestling again. Moving on to the Q&A.
1: Richard Troop. Trout, Richard Troop. Uh... Will we see a return to cartridge-based gaming with the new retro VGS being released soon? Um... I, we can go off in different directions, but I think
0: the easy answer is no. Uh, for a few different reasons. Um, cartridges died out for a very specific reason. Cost. Cost and space. Okay. So the cost of doing a cartridge is probably 10 to 15 times that of a disc. I think if you do Blu-rays, someone's going to correct me, but in the bulk that, say, Microsoft or Nintendo or uh, Nintendo does their own proprietary disc because we can't do a regular Blu-ray whatever the hell they do. A Blu-ray disc which holds like over 30 gigs of information and now they're they're developing one that's even like 100 gigs I think. I think it's currently 37 but yeah. But they're doing a a super one that's going to be like 100. Right. Which will take care of your needs for the next like 20 years. You know for even how big your games get. It's like 25 cents for a Blu-ray disc to stamp them out in bulk. 30 cents something like that. A uh, a cartridge is molding. It's plastic. It's the materials. Besides inside the you know doing the actual chips, it's not cheap. No, it's not cheap, and it ain't quick to do that. Say something goes wrong with processing an individual chip. Oh, that whole batch is ruined. We got to whole do a new whole do a whole new run of cartridges now. We got you got to take them all apart and refashion the molds. No, it's just it's just not cost effective. To do cartridges. no, It isn't.
1: There's a... You know, it makes sense when you look at, like, a portable system. It's not really a cartridge, but, like, a, a memory chip or like something like a 3DS cartridge or a, or, a, or a Vita cartridge or something. Because optical drives on portable systems don't make any sense. But there's this weird... I mean, I like cartridges. Don't get me wrong. I like them. I but, but loves But there's this weird retro fetishism to them. And it's... it's, it, You know, you, you can't even have the debate. I mean, other than maybe load time. Um... Like 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 vinyl and CD does. I mean, there's really no benefit to a cartridge, and I don't know why we constantly want to see the return of cartridge-based gaming. Um, yeah, it's nostalgia. It has it's to. Just it nostalgia. has to be because because there's no logical reason. In terms of
0: load times, a lot of times now you could you could um, on new systems you could they all have hard drives, and it, it asks you if you want to load a lot of the the game storage on there to reduce
1: the load times right. is that right it's true yeah. and also i mean there are load times on cartridge based games for the 3ds or on the vita so the, it's the, not automatic the, yeah the the myth i mean the myth that cartridges completely eliminate load times is absolutely false you have even to... going back to the 64 that was false
0: even with flash memory on like the um the flash uh, carts like for like it, it's not instantaneous to load the game up it'll take a few no. seconds compact flash is quicker than say regular sd but it takes Seconds to load this stuff still, and that's for small games that are like a megabyte or smaller. Mm-hmm. They're still accessing it, so people are saying, "Well, why don't you then just put like an SD card?" Because SD cards, I think, like a, I think, I think I saw somewhere like an SD card, a 32 gig SD card is under a few bucks. So then that cost is down, but then you still got to put it in a cartridge though. Like if you're if you're gonna fake it and get an SD card and put it in a cartridge, you that mold and f- the plastic still and and the machinery. You don't understand the machine—the machine together of a cartridge. Then someone's got to screw them together and put them together. Versus s- stamping out Blu-rays every second—that's right. a huge difference in cost and in time. Um, besides the casing that goes in, like a nice, like cheap Blu-ray case in bulk is nothing. Those plastic cases don't cost anything. For a, a game, you have to fashion something else entirely, which is going to be more money. What are you going to do? You're going to make a clamshell case? It's a lot more plastic. And it's—they're not made in the bulk that the DVD cases are. That's more money. Everything is more money. It's not—it's not, it's not just—it's
1: not just oh, it's outdated just for the sake of being outdated. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I think it's—I'm not trying to take a jab at anyone. I think it's funny because I bet you there are people out there who would want their cartridges to come in cardboard boxes so that it could be collectible twenty years from now because cardboard degrades. I, I just—I think it's—I sure. think it's a weird collector mentality thing that. That wants these cartridges back, and like I said, I will always love my, um, you know, my Game Boy cartridges, my Neo Geo Pocket Color cartridges, you know, stuff like that. I just don't necessarily need to return to that.
0: Yeah, and, and plus, it's also then in terms of the cost. It's not just for the consumer's sake; it's for the publisher yeah. and developer. Why would a publisher say they put a game out? Uh, say they put a game out on, um, for uh, you know, say say Sony, because then now we're cutting out the middleman. Say Sony puts out Metal Gear Solid Five for sixty dollars. Okay, um, so they're going to charge sixty dollars. The cost of materials for them, obviously R and D and software, but just the cost of materials for the disc and the case is probably about a dollar to a dollar fifty, and that's probably high.
1: Oh yeah, I was going to say a dollar, and that's overshooting it. Probably. If they try to put that in a cartridge, we're talking three, four bucks, five.
0: To do to do a molded cartridge, I'm, I'm just saying.
1: This. I'm just saying at least. That's low end. You're talking you, you low If you do them in high bulk, if you do it in high bulk,
0: the, at the very least, you're going to have to. The cheapest way you're going to do it is to do it SD card. Yes. Throw, well, that's what I'm saying. And throw it in I'm, I'm still on the SD okay. card. Model. SD Let's card. Talk. Yes. SD card. A couple bucks. Then this, the plastic casing. This isn't cheap. Still, right. five, ten bucks. We'll just say at least. So then the profit margin so eliminated at that point versus something a dollar versus ten or eleven. But then say you're smaller though. Say you're a smaller, more independent company, then you can't make any money then. You want to stick with, then, a digital or a disc no matter what. I mean, that's what it comes down to. It's just, right. it's just It's just business. It's not personal. Nothing personal against this cartridge. It's just business to go with what makes the most sense. And what has the least likely of errors to come out during manufacturing on top of that. You got to throw out some Blu-rays? Fine, throw them out. They're worthless if you have to redo them. You got to redo cartridges? Holy fuck, yeah. we're in trouble.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's where you're going to have the problem is when uh, there's a, a manufacturing error. And I'm trying to, I was just trying to find, I know you can buy blank NES shells and it's not, nothing's loading up on my computer. I was trying to see what those go for to get a rough idea. But
0: that's just the shells.
1: Yeah. That's not,
0: a, that's not the other parts that go inside but, it or the cost of labor to put that together or the machining Or parts the labeling
1: there. and stuff like that. No, I realize, but I was just trying to get yeah. a base idea.
0: There could be even if they're five bucks each. Let's say they're five or six bucks each.
1: Okay, yeah, you yeah. So even if you get them for three bucks or two fifty plus labor, plus building the plant to put
0: those fuckers together.
1: Well, yeah, there's going to be a, a you got to you have to investment. you have
0: to remanufacture, you know, a whole processing assembly line to put together the games again. Besides that, besides nowadays where you send your games off to some plant, you give them the you know you give them the master, they they give it back to you, and that's it. You don't have to worry about it. All right, moving on? Moving on. So, this is from at Ash AshAh5238. Hey, Pat. Recently, for my 13th birthday, I got a Game Boy. What are some good Game Boy games that are cheap? Well, Ian could answer that, because he knows uh, a lot about the Game Boy, and I know dick about the Game Boy <laughs> library. <laughs> yeah,
1: you still have a lot of them. <laughs> lovely look. Um, so, I love the look. So, the good news is, lots of good Game Boy games are cheap. Um, and there's a lot of really fun things for the system. Um, if you want something arcade-like, uh, two of my favorite games for the black and white Game Boy uh, are the Data East ports of Lock and Chase and Burger Time that they did for the uh, the Game Boy. I think they're honestly the two best versions of those games, and they're both incredibly fun to play. Uh, go ahead and get yourself a copy of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Fall the Foot Clan for bad. like three to five bucks. It's simple, it's straightforward, it looks good, and it's fun. I remember Batman being good. Is that still good? Batman is still very Cheap. good. Cheap. Uh, ch- well, it's getting a little bit more expensive really? and harder to find, but still probably in the $10 range. That was range.
0: one of the first ones I ever played on Game Boy.
1: It's weird because Batman uh, goes through the entire game fighting with a gun, but, I mean, it's still a good game.
0: <laughs> um, how much is uh, Super Mario Land?
1: Yeah, Super Mario Land, Super Mario Land 2. Tetris! Uh, Super Mario Land 3. I mean, the thing is, is, like, you have such a... Because Game Boy collecting, there's about three minutes to... Two years ago where everyone wanted to be hip for whatever reason and collect box complete Game Boy games. And that never took off. And because of this, Game Boy games have always remained cheap. You know why they didn't take off?
0: They're not out there. Yeah. It's a weird thing where there was this want to go into it, but it's almost like the lack of supply. There wasn't enough um, embers to even spark the fire. Mm -hmm. No. Look at me with my analogies. Tell the writer. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't enough people to even get into it to even have it take off. If I if I own games that uh, that are rare, you've seen the ones I had that I got off Craigslist like five, six years ago. I have, like, Universal Soldier complete in box. I have WCW main event complete in box. These are extremely hard to find in the box. Yeah. So say you're looking for them and you can't find them. Whether or not they're worth a lot of money, you're just going to say, fuck it. I can't even collect this shit. Right. Because I can't even find It's not even like I can even spend money on it. I can't find it. So what's the point of even trying anymore?
1: Also, Belmont's Revenge. There's three Castlevania <laughs> games for the system. Uh Castlevania Adventure, Castlevania Adventure I Two.
0: I should have put that on so it could spin when yeah. you see them.
1: Boxel. <laughs> and <laughs> Castlevania uh Legend. Uh the only good one out of that bunch is the second one, Belmont's Revenge, but it's super good. Anyways, I mean go have a blast. You can take risks with Game Boy because a lot of the games are cheap. Um I've basically got every Game Boy game I want, but uh you know, there's a lot of fun ones. I've got probably 80 games, so if you're more lenient than me, you've got at least 80 good games to go find. Is the first Mega Man one still cheap? Um, No. Meh. The first one's not very good. It's it's 2 through 5 that are pretty decent. How, those are expensive. How about
0: Cyber Tiger for the Game Boy Color? Numbers? I don't
1: know anything about Game Boy Color. And I'm going to start to say no. How about I'm just gonna say no. i was
0: going to go through all of them that I have my shelf in my baggies over there.
1: Alright. Uh, Mr. Punkabell
0: are shelf collectors, with tons of games they never play or sell, the reason
1: retro game prices have risen
0: so much?
1: It's a huge factor. Um, now, any collector is actually going to uh, contribute to what I'm going to talk about, but shelf collectors are an extra special brand of this annoying. Is the first time I'm, I'm hearing the term, by the way. Yeah, me too. But I mean, we all know what that means. We all know those people. Would I be a shelf collector? Uh, to a degree, yeah. Um... Not as much as some other people we might know. How about a shell collector? I like like Little Beach. Well, we live right by the beach. Anyways, um, so here's why. The, but shelf collectors are an extra special brand of annoying when it comes to this. So we're going to use my favorite example, Contra. They made millions of copies of Contra. Mm-hmm. Contra was an incredibly common game. It's also incredibly popular. Mm-hmm. Whether you are a collector who is collecting to play, or you are a collector who just wants it to sit on your shelf because it looks nice... <laughs> Ogres. Anyways, um... How does it kid? So... But no, I... What happens is, is you're removing a popular game from the supply chain. And if you're a hardcore collector, like a shelf collector, or even like a hardcore playing collector, you're not going to put that game back into the supply chain because it's fucking Contra. And who doesn't love Contra? So what happens is, is... The copies of Contra get scarcer and scarcer. I, today, got the first copy of Contra that we have seen at either store in three fucking months. Three. And I get NES game trade-ins multiple times a week. That's how bad it's gotten with Contra. So you're
0: saying they're not getting
1: traded in, even. Right. And that's what this person is asking. Why would they be getting traded in though? Because shelf collectors, or even normal collectors, buy the games for their collection, because Contra is one that everyone's got to have, and then it sits on a shelf. Or, or even so if so most of your
0: trade-ins are from people that you think are collectors or have a game... No, they're people
1: who are getting rid of copies, but then people who just got into collecting come and they buy the Contra and they remove it from the chain. And what I'm saying about shelf collectors is is they're not even playing it so it makes it even worse. When when someone comes in and buys it to play it, great but these people who have just gotten into the hobby for looks, yeah, they're making it a lot harder for people who want to play the game to land themselves a copy at a reasonable price because they're just not out there as much as they used to be. Like I said, Contra should be and it was at one point in time, like eight years ago when I worked at Luna, a game that we had five or six copies of at all times and sold for $15. Sure. Or 10 bucks. And now it sells for 30 to 35 and I see it once every two to three but
0: months. But how much of that is just versus the popularity of it and people just wanting to play it more, too? Because what But it, that's what I'm saying. Well, like,
1: okay. It doesn't matter either way. It
0: doesn't. But this is what I'm going to say. Uh, because, um, while, while everyone should have a contract, because it's one of the best games on the NES. It's a five-star game according to a certain book that's coming out hopefully within 3-4 months um, wouldn't the prices be affected a lot more would be those shelf collectors that want the uncommon games or the borderline rare games uh, because there's a lot less of those to begin with Sure. So wouldn't the price shoot up on those a lot more and that's actually what's happened is that those are the games I've gone up 600, 700, 800% or more versus a game like Contra that's maybe only doubled in price Uh, in the past uh, eight years.
1: Yeah, but that's still a big big rise. And this person's asking, you know, the reason retro game prices have risen so much. They're not talking rarities. And like I said, at, at the shop, a lot of supposed, or well, should be, and are common games have jumped in price simply because they're not on the market. And like I said, that's going to happen even with someone who wants to buy it and play it. But it's extra annoying when it's someone who's just buying it to put it on their shelf. Because it is contributing to the overall rising cost. Well, everything of retro contributes. Games. It's also
0: if you had those five games on that shelf, and if you weren't selling them to people that, that wanted to buy them to sit on a shelf, they would have been, been bought by resellers when the price went up, and they would have sold them anyway to someone else, and the
1: price I, went up. I know. Up. I guess what I'm getting at is it's it's not like I said. It bothers me more <laughs> when it's someone who's not playing the game. But the popularity of collecting in general is really the reason why it's the prices for some of these games that everyone supposedly things should be super, super cheap aren't anymore because they're, they're just not out on the market. Sure, and before someone goes on
0: Ian, well, well, Ian, you're you're making a profit off of the games increasing price. He's gotta I pay, have to more. pay more. You have to pay more to get the games. And again, Ian doesn't own the store. No, people think that. I mean He I, should,
1: but he doesn't. I so. paid I paid eighteen bucks for the copy of Contra today and I'm gonna sell it at thirty and the only reason I paid that much for it is because I want it on my shelf. I haven't had it in a long time. Yeah. I want someone to be able to come in and buy it. I was actually
0: surprised you had, you had a Conan on the shelf. That's a, that's a uh, rare oh, yeah, game. Yeah.
1: I was like, oh, you have a Conan. Yeah, that was a, that was a bizarre trade-in. How
0: many stars did you give that in, in the... Uh, two stars? Two, two, two for effort. Two for effort. <laughs> two for effort. <laughs> two for
1: you like the going, but the control scheme is so weird that... The control scheme is a real turn-off on that one. Um.
0: Okay, so I'm contributing, but then again, I bought most of these games before the price started going up, so I'm, I'm okay. I'm immune to Ian's uh, wrath. Alright, um... At Crozy, does the slow sales of the GameStop exclusive Amiibo 3-pack with Rob
1: show a wane in interest? I don't think so. Uh My main reason for not thinking so is I've heard from GameStop employees that it's not... it's not slow. People are buying... everyone I know who has an interest in Amiibos is getting the Retro 3-pack. I still have to get one. Yeah, I, I, but everyone I know... I thought you did. Anyways, everyone I know... It has it pre-ordered and is waiting for it. There's no lack of interest for this retro three pack. But it's not sold out. They what, made, it, they made enough. No, yeah, and that's exactly well, which is, is a good thing. That's Ni- good. Nintendo, according Yay! to according to the GameStop manager, who is my buddy that I talked to all the time, Nintendo they did not know what they were going to have when they went into that Saturday where they opened up at like eight for pre-orders for it, and they opened up at eight and they were like, "Holy shit!" They had like hundreds of spots for these things. Nintendo finally did it right. They just—they were like, "There's going to be a huge fucking demand for these, and we've put them out." So I don't think—I don't want people to think that the fact that it's not hard to find means that there's there's a waning interest. It just means that they've flooded the supply chain. They—they—they—they gained interest the way
0: they should have for a pre-order. Yeah, like yes. Fuck you, scalpers! Finally, yes. I hope
1: there's someone out there that bought 150 of them. And, and is getting hosed. And if you think that that does show a sign of of, of, of lacking interest, just wait until the next GameStop Whoa. exclusive or the next Toys R Us I, exclusive single Amiibo comes out and it gets sold I, out and people freak.
0: I feel bad for those com- uh, you know completionist collectors on this stuff because originally I thought, well, they're going to come out with one for every Smash Brothers character, but now they're, they're coming out for every f- person, every everything under the sun. They're coming out with. There's an eight bit one coming out, which I think is going to be used with the Mario Maker. There's two of them.
1: One that's in a eight mo- bit but modern color scheme of Mario, and then the original brown and whatever color. Yeah. Scheme so of
0: Mario. have fun keeping track of all these amiibos. I don't know where the hell you're going to put them all because there's going to be there's going to be three hundred of these things out within two years probably.
1: Just littered all over the place. Whoops. <laughs> I have maybe like a sixth or a fifth of the amiibos out just by. From gifts or picking them up randomly if I see them, and I don't even have the space for these. I spaces. have
0: the Pac-Man ones, the most nice that they give me. I might get Little Mac if they if they re-release it. I love Little Mac. I might get this three pack.
1: After that, I'm pretty
0: much done. That's right. all I really want. Uh, I might be uh, Nintendo might be sending me the the Pixel
1: guy, too. So Sweet, have nice of them. From Daniel Zvon, uh, any stories revolving around resellers not knowing their games? Love the podcast.
0: Thanks. Oh yes, there's so many that it's hard to come to mind. One of the main reasons why I again go go reference my good versus bad resellers video, because the bad resellers are the ones that get into it and not know the market and not know what the hell they're selling, because then they assume that they can just charge the top of eBay prices and get it at a flea market, which makes no sense at all. So yes, I've run across a lot of them. I've run across people who couldn't tell me they couldn't tell me a quarter of the games they're selling what they were. But then again, they didn't know the market for these games. So, it's one thing to have popular games and sell them at a flea market or at a convention and ask Top Dollar because you might be able to get it from someone because the demand's there. But you cannot automatically ask Top Dollar for, say, a Sega Master System game because the market is so much smaller for that. And... At a convention, you might run into someone that needs to have that hard to find Master System game, or an, uh, even in a game store, you might be sitting there forever. So you have to know not just what these games are, but have to know the markets for what these
1: systems are. For instance, Walter Payton Football, for the sake of it, is hard isn't. to find. It's hard to find. You know what I had to sell our copy at the store for? Five bucks. Why? Because no one's going to fucking buy it for yes. what it supposedly goes for on eBay because it's Walter Payton fucking football.
0: Unless you have a hardcore. I would have bought it if I knew you had it for five bucks when I was completing my... It might my have been eight that.
1: and I told you I had it. But yeah, you already had it I was a shelf point.
0: collector for Master System. I'll admit that uh, t- totally. <laughs> you know, I had it as a kid in Master System. But, um... What a way. Yeah. So I got into a... Not a tiff, but there's, there's a seller that I bought like four or five Master System games from. Um... At, at the swap meet, who had them priced high eBay, and first of all, the charge at eBay at a swap meet is ridiculous um, because I'm doing you a favor by buying it because you don't have to list it, you don't have to ship it out, and plus, oh by the way, you're not losing fifteen to twenty percent off of the eBay listing fees and PayPal fees, so you're not, I'm actually doing you a favor by buying it at eBay price, because you're not going to get that if you, uh, something you sell for sixty dollars at the swap meet, sixty dollars cash versus sixty dollars ends up being you know forty five or forty seven on eBay, and then all the other bullshit that goes along with listing it in the time. So besides that though, I told him this, I was honest, this is a limited market for these games. I will give you I think I I ended up paying 60-65% to of the eBay price so then he, then basically only lost about 10% versus what he would have got after all the bullshit and fees, and he still got cash and I got a deal, versus otherwise, those games are going to sit there forever, at those prices and I knew that he didn't like that I knew that, but that was the truth, you know. So, what was I saying? Bad versus good game resellers.
1: Yeah, I mean, basically, if you if you look at those prices one by one, and then think you're going to get that price for every single game, you're 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 silly. You got you have to be able to to um, bend a little bit, and you have to realize that sometimes package deals are the best way to do it. Uh, I don't know. All right, we you,
0: you may know. have that rare Neo Geo Pocket Color game. But mm-hmm. no one gives a shit. There's quite a few. Except
1: for Ian. Well, quite a few people do. <laughs> that should be... You should start a Facebook group. I, I got rid of Facebook. Twitter's enough for me. All right. that's. Uh, King of Retro, does it annoy you that
0: eBay and smartphones cause video game inflation? Everyone thinks they're an expert now.
1: Yeah. and Okay, so here's... <laughs> Here's where it, uh, it, it it drives me nuts. Um, people are really, really selective uh, when it comes to their ability to use their smartphones to gain <laughs> this knowledge. So, I get people in the store who always have their smartphones out. And look, it's just, it's part of it. There's a comic shop down the street from us run by a big prick um, who doesn't even allow phones in the store because he doesn't want people looking up his absurd prices. Are you serious? Oh, yeah, that dude does... not He's got a big sign. No no, no uh, phones in the store. What an asshole! Yeah, and he called me up the one day, and he's like, uh, what do you guys do about people with phones in the store? And I said, what the fuck do you mean? And he's like, well, doesn't it bother you? And I said, what, what do you mean? Like, what are they doing? And he's like, well, they look up my prices. And I was like, no, it doesn't bother me. I stand by my prices. Yeah. So anyways, but it is... So people come in, they always flip through their phones, and I get used to it. And it's just funny because... Um, they will look at a game that I might have priced at, say, $35. let us just go back to Contra or something, okay? And they'll look it up and be like, it's only going for 25 online, you know, can't you cut me a deal? I'm like, nope, I never see it. I had to pay a lot of money to get it in, and that's the price it's staying at. Yeah, you'd have so, bought it for $2. Right, so they want that cheaply, right? So mm. they're, they're, they're looking it up and they're like, mm, this game is overpriced. These are the same people who will come in with a box of crap and I will offer them something. They'll be like, this game goes for $100. I checked on eBay. And it's like, oh, no, you didn't. You just you know, looked it up and saw what someone was asking. It's so funny that they know how to look for the price of a game properly when they're buying it, but they suddenly forget how to look for the price of a game properly when they're selling it. Um, other than that, I mean, I don't know that it necessarily causes inflation. It, it causes ca- inflation
0: of... of, of- thinking you know things right exactly Thinking you're knowledgeable and that's that's goes back to resellers that say stuff to me like do you know how long i've been collecting games and you you're just doing this th- because you think you can make money off it you're
1: trying to tell me stuff it's like all so right it does i mean in a in a way it can people can try it, it, it can maybe affect a game negatively like for instance when i was at uh, midwest gaming conference uh my friend asked um, asked what a price was on an unlabeled or an unpriced like it was like a Wonder Swan or a Game Boy game, right? And it was something that was totally like not special at all. And the lady whipped out her phone, looked it up, and goes seventeen fifty. And my friend's like, fuck that, and drops it. And it's like, yeah, so, I mean, people can try to price by that, but especially when you're doing it on the fly, which I do see people doing at these conventions and stuff. That's rude. I try not to do that if I sell uh, extras. But in general, I have a good idea, though. Well, no, you price everything ahead of time. But, I mean, a lot of these crazy prices that people are trying to ask that would inflate the price, they're never going to get for these items. Because it goes back to something you were saying in the previous segment. They don't realize that no one... It's no it's such it. a niche thing that that no yeah. one is actually going to pay that unless they are lazy and they want it right now on eBay.
0: I've seen people with this at the swap meet with the same in the past. They had the same 2600 with 10 games trying to get like 60 70 bucks for it. They had it there for a year. No one was going to buy it at that price at the swap meet. Sure. You know, it's like you got to bring the price down at some point to something reasonable. I want a deal for getting up in the morning. Or going, well, sometimes going to a convention, you want a deal too. Can't always get it, but sometimes it's nice to get one. It's not just that, though. Um, it's for, like, um, it can be positive in one aspect, though, if people over-rely on their cell phone. Um, you can still get good deals. You see that See that on there? Laying on top of that? I told you about those things. Those, don't point. Don't say what it is, but you see those two things. Oh, yeah. You know how extremely rare those that is? Yeah. I got it right. By these newish collectors that had their cell phones looking up prices of some games, I was like, "Hey, you should get that game." And that's my recommendation. And I got those. They they, didn't, they can look up on their phone all they want. They wouldn't know what that was, and right. I got it. So so having a cell phone helps, but being knowledgeable still takes time, energy. You have to put work in. You have to go in forums. You have to be research. You has got to be around talking to people for a decade, fifteen years to know it. There there is something they said for for longevity as a collector. Oh, yeah. I mean. But but yes, yeah, cell phone does cut out, cut out a lot of the. There's a lot of easy work that goes into it having a cell phone. And it's 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 simple, easy work. It's not necessarily easy work, it's easy work. Look at, looking at prices, at least, which is one of the things that you lose easily because I don't know the prices of this shit anymore. So I don't need to know the price of 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 what Godzilla 2 is. I have no idea. It's at twenty five yeah, bucks. We or a, when we go to
1: conventions these days, you ask me to price the game. No, like,
0: <laughs> what does what does my extra Godzilla go for?
1: I don't know. At JLudwig86, what would be the ultimate retro game pentathlon that tests all skills? I've so, been thinking about this.
0: Pent is five.
1: Yep. I know.
0: <laughs> I'm going to say genres. You need a platformer. Mm-hmm. Say racing game. Yep. I'm going to say puzzle game.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, now I'm, I'm a little sketchier.
1: I'm going to say some sort of sports game. I'm not sure what type. If you overlook the number five, I'm going to reach across this table (laughs) and punch you. (laughs) Oh, shit.
0: Sports covers Danny Sullivan. It it covered racing. Didn't I cover racing? Yes. What did I miss? You need a shooter. I was thinking that. But there's so many different types of shooters. Whether it's a running gun, first person, third person, what type of shooter are you going to go with? A zapper type? What are you going to go with?
1: I think... First person? Nope. No, I'm talking... Shooter. If we're talking retro, oh, you're talking, you're talking a uh, 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 Galaga. Yeah, this is like what I'm looking at. Okay, if we're gonna talk five, I'm talking uh, R-Type for a puzzle game. I'm talking Puyo Puyo or Tetris. For racing, I'm talking Outrun. Uh, for uh, platformer, I'm going to say uh, Mega Man 2 because that kind of satisfies a run and gun. And then uh, what was the la- sports? I, if, you want, would, if, you, if you want to do a retro sports game, Tecmo Super Bowl.
0: I would keep it a, a pure platform for my platform versus uh, versus like a run and gun or like
1: like Mega Man. Fair. I mean, I would be willing to. I'm just saying off the top of my head, these are choices that I would make.
0: That's and I think that covers most of the different gaming minds. You can be good. No one's going to be good at all five of those that's why I like that
1: right where I hesitated was I do think there's definitely a spot for retro sports and I think Tecmo Super Bowl is a very clean quick easy answer for that I I hesitated on a fighter but fighters even though they start in the 16-bit era with you know Street Fighter 2 ostensibly Um you're not really getting into the actual, like, meat of the fighting game scene until you get into, like, the 32-bit era. And this is a retro gaming pentathlon, so I'm trying to keep it 8-bit, early 16-bit arcade.
0: Sure, yeah, I, I would agree that fighting... The, the fighting genre has a, a lot of the skills that you would have for a platformer's kind of in there. I don't I, know.
1: I, a I, running... I mean... It's fast reactions to enemies, so... I think it's just time period based, you know. I think that's where a fighter... At some point, a fighter would, to me, replace a sports game.
0: Sure, but you need a sports game in there because a sports game is a little bit slower than the others types and there's some strategy and action involved. It's only one of those five genres that you have some strategy involved. You can say puzzle, but puzzle's so quick, it's not really strategy at that point. It's just... It's just twitching and... So can we just know.
1: make it a sextathlon or whatever the hell it is? The Olympics doesn't have that, I don't think, do they?
0: Huh? But the Olympics have a, a sextathlon? A no, seven? I'm
1: just saying let's make up our own thing so we can add fighting games in there and just I be would, done I with would it.
0: keep fighting out of it because, you know, fighting wasn't in there really until until the 16-bit era. Uh, we're not, we're not going to throw karate champ in there, are well, we? Or are like ER kung fu.
1: It totally depends on how retro you want this pentathlon we won't, to be. We
0: won't go into the individual games and we can talk forever about what individual games we'd want. I wouldn't do Outrun. I might do something else, Ian. Probably a different platformer than me. I would probably stick with one of the Mario Brothers. You know, that's a good choice. You know, in terms of in terms of shooter, I, I, that's that's an interesting one. I'm not sure what I go with. Life Force.
1: I don't know. Life Force is a good call. Gradius is a good call. R-Type is, I think, quintessential and brutal. That's too brutal. That's too
0: brutal. R-Type. You move so freaking slow in that game. I love it. I love r like in like a snail, <laughs> love... sliming its way through the galaxy. I love R-Type. I don't, I don't like I don't like R-Type that much. Okay. Next question. Uh, at Amy three one four, walkthroughs ever use them? Is it cheating with the solution instantly available on the net? Do we give up way too
1: easily? Like, how, like how it's very pensive. Yeah. This question from Amy. Um, I mean, I feel like we might have covered this slightly before, but. <sighs> Okay, so to, to kind of answer you backwards, do we give up way too easily? Yeah, I think a lot of us do, because the answer is right there. Now, there are a lot of people who pride themselves on not using them, and I'm not saying everyone does, but I do think a lot of people will give up easily. Um, is it cheating? I mean, yeah, to a degree, it, it 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 is. I mean, when I used to play RPGs a lot, I would play through once cold with no walkthrough, and then if I liked it, I would try to play through with a walkthrough to see anything that I missed. These days, though... I'm really lenient on walkthrough usage. Um, I don't have a lot of time. I just want to enjoy my games. If I get lost, I'm going to get, I want, I'm going to get frustrated and I'm going to, I'm going to hate the game and I'm going to stop playing it. So to avert me wasting $60 on a game because I'm stuck on one small part. Yeah. I'm just going to go look it up. So I don't think there's anything wrong with using them. I do think technically it's cheating a bit because it's like a test. If you look at the answers, you're cheating. Um, and yeah, I do think it's given a lot of us a crutch to lean on because they're free. You no longer have to spend $20 on the book at the store because you can just go to GameFAQs and get one.
0: Yes, yeah, so- sometimes the manual gives you a slight map. Mifac um, M- Conspiracy, which
1: I reviewed for the upcoming
0: NES guidebook. In the manual for M- Fact Conspiracy, all there's like f- only f- four, I think, um, 3D uh, mazes that are actually hard. You know, like, they give you all, they give you all of it, all the levels, They tell you where the doors are and everything, like, that's fantastic, because the first game, gave you the first two, and then said, fuck you, for the Rio de Janeiro one, which was impossible. (laughs) You know, um, so I don't, I don't know, I, I, for maps, I think maps is totally different than something else, because maps is like, I don't have hours to search around, I'm not eight years old anymore, I have other stuff to do. Right. I gotta do a podcast that I don't like, I'm kidding, I like it. Somewhat. <laughs> you
1: know, yeah. Show me a map time. with clear exits where the treasure chests are, and let me on my way. Yeah,
0: I'm still got to play the rest of it, but just give me a map, right? Let me get to the action. You know, it's like going to a movie, and then you have to like figure out how to get to the action scene. Watching the movie, you don't want to do that. You want to, you know, you you want to see Ultron fighting all those Avengers. Weird analogy. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, this is from at BSS Silver, B S Silver. Hey Ian. Hi. Any good stories about customers lowballing you at Luna? P.S. Love the show.
1: Thanks. Um, So, I guess... hmm. I mean, the reason I I, I actually picked this to be thrown up here today is that it actually happened this morning. Um, I open up the store. It's hot as fucking shit. I get all the fans going. I sit down. And... First customer of the day... (laughs) this for the first customer of the day comes in and uh he like kind of like looking around peeking at the NES or the n64 case looks at it and I'm watching him too just from the back because he's moving like weird he's like puffing his chest out and he's got his arms you know? uh, have you seen him before uh like once and he annoyed me the last time I saw him too and he comes up to me and he's like yeah I'd like to speak to the owner I'm like, um, owner's not here, but I'm the general manager. I said, I'm I'm always here. Anyways. I'm the guy working. Yeah, the I guy yeah. Working. <laughs> right.
0: It's not like going to a Best Buy.
1: I'm like, uh, what, what 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 would you like to discuss? I mean, what, what's 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 the issue? I mean, maybe I can help you out. I want to talk to him about the uh, the 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 eighty dollar conquer in the uh, in the N sixty four case. And I'm like, okay. I mean, is there an issue? I said that's a pretty good price on the game. I said and it's incredibly popular. He's like, yeah, it's it's popular, right? I'm like, yeah, it's real popular. So, he acknowledges that it's very popular, okay? He's like, how long have you had it? And I go, uh maybe a, maybe a, maybe 2 days. And he goes, it's probably going to move fast. And I go, yeah. And then he goes and then he goes, tell you what. Let's do 80 bucks no tax and I get that Dragon Warrior poster off the wall does he realize that when he speaks it's (laughs) a feces
0: were hitting me in the face I think like his thoughts were coming out in his voice and he didn't realize it like oh I better buy this game it's not going to be here soon but he didn't
1: realize he was like saying them coming out yeah like I don't think he realized that he had just set himself up for me to be like dude that game sells itself uh, I don't need to offer any deals, which is kind of what I said, because at this point it's just a, it's annoying that he had the balls to be like, "I'll buy, it, I'll do you the favor of taking it off well, your hands," even though we just we just uh, okay. confirm that it's going to move quickly. Well, okay, well, t-
0: to say tax free means you guys got to charge less for it. You still owe the state tax. Yes, which means you got to charge
1: about well, well like seventy three dollars no. no. plus the tax. He wanted me aid. to do it under the table, and we just we just. Incorporated and like we're doing everything by the books. Receipts, tax. I mean not that we didn't, you know, but like every once in a while, sure we might make a deal. But like we've been really, really good about like, okay, everything goes on a receipt. Clearly itemized, labeled, boom, 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 and like I can't do it. And I said, and we don't ever sell the posters. I said, if I took down one poster, all of them would go. He and I said this place would look won't like shit. Sell
0: me the pirates fucking map poster on the wall. That's
1: part of our cartography He corner. won't
0: sell it to me, even though no one's looking at it. It's not good to look at that thing. People look at it all the time. I want it. I don't own it. I don't, anyway. I don't care. Exactly. So the point is is that if Ian won't let me even buy it, some fuckwad stranger, you're not getting the, 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 the <laughs> right. Nintendo Power poster off the wall. Let me uh, Let me just... Uh... And if you had given to him, I would have ran to the store and broken it and <laughs> stolen
1: the pirate's poster. So, anyway. anyways, I mean, that's just the most recent story. He didn't, like, he didn't try to get me to go down on the price exactly. It, it was just that he tried to get, you know, he tried to save himself the six, seven bucks in tax, but then he had the balls to tell me that I needed to throw a poster <laughs> in on top of it. What did you say? I, no, I just said no. I, I literally said, I said, dude and this is my response to everyone who's pissing me off with stuff like that because you know, it happens it happens a good amount with these 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 um, more expensive games with the
0: shelf collector I don't
1: know <laughs> but like but guys who try to lowball me on this stuff like actually like offer me lower than what these these popular games are worth my answer is always this shit sells itself it's going to be gone tomorrow or the day after and I don't need to do anything special to get it to go it's like the guys who come in and they're like you know, let me pick up that NES and uh you know, uh, I'll buy that, but uh, how about you throw in that Super Mario 2? And it's like, no, that NES is going to be gone by the end of the day. I haven't had one last more than 24 hours in, like, six months.
0: you <laughs> throw in that Super Mario 2.
1: No, eat my ass. I'll, not, thro- not, I'll, I'll
0: throw not, in my anus. Not throwing a silent service or, you know, even a bases loaded too. Let's just throw in a game like that's $20, you know?
1: No, if they wanted him it, it, Honestly, if the guy was like, Hey, I want that NES, but for whatever reason, I really want silent service, can you toss that in? I usually cut 5 bucks off a game someone buys with the system anyway. <laughs> Which means
0: you're giving him money to take the silent service. So <laughs>
1: i just give him the fucking silent service. <laughs> that's fine. So if someone came in and wanted a silent service with their <laughs> NES, I would, I would, would, take I would serve state. up the silent service <laughs> with a smile. And that would be fine. Take one off the stack, that's yeah. in the back. <laughs> done.
0: Which, by the way, I think
1: I gave uh, three stars in the NES guidebook. I'm just going to throw it around. And say, it's a good game! It was a good computer you game. You learn how
0: to play it. It's not bad.
1: I, it's not a good NES game. I think it's fine. We'll I think agree. I gave it two and a half or three stars. We'll agree to disagree. Well, that's
0: why I was reviewing it. Alright. Well, well, I'm going to be at the Game On Expo this week in Mesa, Arizona. Check me out if I'm there by the time you hear this. If you're, It's too late to get tickets to it, but if you're in the Arizona area, it's in Mesa, Arizona. There's
1: nothing else to do
0: in Arizona besides, especially in August, you're going to just be melting in the sun. So come inside to the air-conditioned indoors. Hopefully, it's air-conditioned. Say hi to me. All the panel going on. I'm going to be at Retro Balooza the month after. Then Ian and I will be at the Retro Gaming uh, Expo in Portland in mid-October, which Woo-woo! we're going sh- to shoot an announcement video after this.
1: We got a T-shirt. It's, you got like six days to buy it. It has a Danny.
0: It's got a Danny approving the podcast. It's, it's teespring.com slash CU podcast Danny. Um, and then we also have a Patreon. Patreon for the podcast. I have one as well, but I defer to Ian for the podcast. Patreon.com slash Pixel Sickle. It's not like we don't split it. I still defer to Ian. Patreon.com slash Pixel Sickle, and you get to watch us in full video format. Twenty six times a year,
1: and I've really been trying to be more interactive on there too lately. So uh, hopefully, it'll be a lot more fun for people who are on there.
0: I gotta, I gotta get on, get on there and see what Ian's writing. Um, so uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks, and uh, yeah, this this was uh, this was a shorter one, only an hour and you know twenty five minutes. Or economical, so an economical, see you podcast. So for Ian Ferguson on Pat Country, subscribe on Stitcher and iTunes and RSS feed us and bitch about us on YouTube. Ian loves it. I do. And uh, don't lowball him on a conquer. And I swear to God, don't ever give someone a poster if they I won't. If I don't get a poster. And I'll see you later. Bye. I think you're all swell.